really cool, right? God, who said no? <laughs> Dang, Debbie, really cool. Sometimes we, we say no in Jesus' name. Guys, new things can be really cool sometimes. Like, let's look at Christmas. How many of you guys got some things for Christmas that were new and they were cool? Maybe something that you wanted, maybe something that you didn't know that you wanted, but, in, but you got it. Anyways, what are some of the things that you guys got for Christmas? Wow. Guys, the things that you guys get for, for Christmas are so much cooler than the things that you ask for when you're, like, living on your own. I, like, was really excited that I got a cheese grater for Christmas. <laughs> when you're living alone, you realize you don't have anything to grate your blocks of cheese. A cheese grater is a great gift. Yeah. Yeah, cheese grater. And then a, a bathtub desk to go over your bathtub. Fancy. Fancy, but those are the things that you ask for when, maybe not everybody, but that's what I asked for when I was, yes, Cadence. Well, sometimes maybe someone gifts you a block of cheese, and then what do you do with it, Cadence? Yeah, there we go. Sometimes things that, can be, that are new are really cool, and sometimes the things that are new can be scary, yes? Think of new situations new places, new people, sometimes things that are new can be scary. I remember when I moved to Virginia, I was going into fifth grade, so I was about to be, or I was 10 years old, so some of you guys were like 11 or 12, around that age, anyways. I came here to Virginia, and I was starting a new year at a new school in a new state where I knew nobody. And if you've ever moved anywhere, and that you had to go to school, you had to go to a new church, new youth group, whatever it is, it can be scary. It can be intimidating. You don't know anybody. You kind of walk in, you're like, and I go into my, my class, and I have no idea what's going on. So here I am, fifth grade, and I go into my, my class, and I came from a, a Christian private school, and it was my first year in public school. And it's fifth grade, so it's not like anything's crazy going on. It's fifth grade, you know, so you're in your one classroom, and it's, it's pretty cool. But I realized that I was experiencing a whole new situation when on my first day, uh, we stood up to do the Pledge of Allegiance. And as I stood up to do the Pledge of Allegiance, we all said the pledge. And then everybody sat down, and I remained standing in the room by myself. Because in a Christian school, you also pledge to the Christian flag, and you pledge to the Bible as well. <laughs> and so I stand up, and I stay standing like an idiot, and I'm ready to pledge to the Christian flag. And everyone sits down, and I'm looking around for the Christian flag, and I realized, oh yes, I am in a public school. And I sat back down. And after that, the year was great, made lots of friends. But the first year of a new, of a new school, a new situation, I was intimidated, and then I embarrassed myself. How many of you guys embarrass yourselves just like on a regular daily basis? Me too. Me too. I'm gonna talk about some new things tonight, and I will say that they err on the side of cool. <laughs> They are cool new things, maybe a little bit scary, but always good. So tonight we're going to talk about creation. So we're going to actually start in the book of Genesis chapter 1. Why not start at the beginning, at the beginning of the new year? Amen? Yeah. Okay, while you guys are turning there, turn to Genesis 1, and we're going to start at verse 11. If you have a Bible app, open your phone. 
If you don't have the Bible app, look at your neighbor who may have a Bible app open and peek over their shoulder. Share with a neighbor if you don't see it. They have a little app. Share it with them. Genesis 1, 11 through 19 is what we're going to read tonight. And guys, I have two rules. We have two rules, or I guess not even rules, just the two, we call them the two T's of Harvest Youth. Who can tell me what the first T is? Take notes. It's all right. It's all right. First one, take notes. <laughs> the first T is take notes. You guys will not remember what I say tomorrow. If I ask some of you guys who didn't take notes this morning at church, you probably couldn't tell me what the three points were because it's been a couple hours since then. First one, take notes. That way you guys can have these things that, that we teach and we talk about for the remainder. Row number two, you guys be chatty tonight, and I'm looking at the four of you. Love you, but yeah, man. Okay, so <laughs> I said the four of you. I didn't say girls. <laughs> Anyways. The first thing is take notes. The second is talk back. And I don't mean be mean. I mean if you agree with something, say amen, yes, preach it, nice pants, whatever you want to say. Just say it. Be, thank you. Be talking to me. And that way this is more of a conversation. You guys stay engaged. You don't check out. And I'd rather you guys talk to me than talk to your neighbor. Amen. Amen. So good. Okay, is everybody there at Genesis 1, verse 11? All right. We're going to read this together. It says, Then God said, Let the land... Oh, I started NIV. NIV, everybody. So sorry. Oh, no, I have to change the translation of my Bible. It takes two seconds in the app, but I'm... Anyways, okay. Genesis 1, verse 11. It says, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruits with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was what? Good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. What? Day, and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the what? Stars. You guys said that with less confidence than good, but that's fine. Stars! God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was what? That yeah, was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. That's what we're reading tonight. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to tell you why I only read those two. And then we will continue with everything else that the Lord has given me to say. God, thank you so much for every single person in this room, Lord. Exclu uh, not just students, but leaders, God. Everybody who hears the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus, you have a, vo you have a word that you want each and every person to leave with, an encouragement for the new year that every single person in this room needs to hear and needs to walk away with tonight. God, we love you. We praise you. And everyone in this room said amen. 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 Have you guys ever, this is a, um, a school thing. How many of you guys are actually back in school yet? Oh, you guys all went back to school last week? Yikes. I didn't go back to school last week, no. If you guys didn't know, I graduated a little while ago. I know I look really young, but I'm not in high school anymore. Um, thank you. 
I'll be here until 9 p.m. Um, so, in high school, I remembered some things called if-then statements. Do you guys know what if-then statements are? Perhaps if you're a math guy, maybe you know the, the statement of um, if, if A and B and A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, that type of thing. I don't think I said it right. But the, the type of thing that's like, if this, then this. If these two things are true, then this one is also. I'll give you some examples. I like cartoons. SpongeBob is a cartoon. Therefore, I like SpongeBob. I like cartoons. I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it like an if-then statement then. If I like cartoons, and if SpongeBob is a cartoon, then it would make sense that I would also like SpongeBob. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give another example, a less fun one. Um, if you get good grades, and if people who get good grades get into college, or if, I said that wrong, I get good grades. <laughs> if I get good grades, and if people who get good grades get into college, then I get into college. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a whole blanket statement, TCC, from there go anywhere. Guys, you don't have to get that good of grades. Don't put all the pressure on yourself. I went to TCC. TCC alum. Yeah, 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 gang, gang, gang. Um, good times, good times. So I'm going to give you another if-then statement. And it's a, it's a little bit different. And that is, if God creates with intentionality, and if God created you, then it makes sense to believe that God created you with intentionality. I'll say it again a little bit faster. If God creates with intentionality and God created you, then that means that God created you with intentionality. Intentional, the word intentional means to be done on purpose, to be deliberate. I want to give you guys some examples. Uh, let's look at this. Um, who has ever played with Play-Doh? Yeah? Play-Doh in your, in your past? Past Play-Doh connoisseurs? Sunday school, yeah. Uh, and you guys play Minecraft? Crafters in the building? I don't know what they're called if you guys play Minecraft. Cra crafters? Um, uh, and you guys like, like to do art, painting, creating, any type of thing like that. Would you say that what you guys do is done on purpose? Play-Doh Conestraft, when you, when, you when you make something with Play-Doh, when you make something in Minecraft, when you, when you make something for a school project, you write something, whatever it is, would you say that it's done on purpose? That it's deliberate? That is an example of intentionality. So when I say that God creates with intentionality, you can picture it in a more way sophisticated way of God with Play-Doh. <laughs> that he creates and what he does is done deliberately. What he creates is done with intention. He does it on purpose. I wanted, you to, I wanted to only read these two statements because these were really what stuck out with me in one of my nights of, of Bible reading in this year already. And it was this, that God created seed-bearing plants. Whoa. Everybody say, whoa. Whoa. Sit back in your chairs like you just, oh, oh. Seed-bearing seed plants, everyone. Good job. Great sitting. Great sitting. 
he made seed-bearing plants that would eventually grow into fruit, grow into food. And what does it say that he did for that for? said, produce vegetation, the seed-bearing fruits according to their kinds. And later in scripture, it says that that is for the use of the people that he created, the animals that he creates in his time of making this world. And so you see that, that even the plants, the seed-bearing plants that he started, he didn't just like give them food that was already there because God could have done it. Instead, he created a seed that would eventually grow into a plant so that it could be sustainable, that it could be harvested, that it could be something that would be life-giving for a long time, not just immediate. It was done with intentionality. When you look at the stars and, and how he explained this, it was crazy to me that he made the stars to help govern the day and the night correct. That was what was in here, and, and as well as the moon and the sun and everything like that. But when he says the vault of the sky and the stars in the sky, it was also to give light to the earth. So it wasn't just, we know even now, night govern the day, it was also to give light to the earth. And we know even now that stars are other planets, other galaxies. And so in general, when God created the entire universe, he knew that even putting other planets in the solar system, in the, the Milky Way, in the galaxies, that they would give light to us here at night. How crazy is that? It's wild, but it was done with what? Intentionality. He did it on purpose. God creates with intentionality. The second thing that I said in the if-then statement was that God created you. Look at your neighbor and say, God created you. Look at your other and say, I think God also created you. I know for sure he created everyone in this room. So Later in scripture, and I didn't read this part, but it says that God created mankind in his own image to work the land, to work the fields, to love him, God created mankind. The next thing, God created you. The next thing that I said, because God creates with intentionality, right? We know that. God creates with what? Intentionality. intentionality. And who did God create? Us. Me, you, us, everyone. And then I said, then that means that God created who with intentionality? You, me, us. He created you with intentionality. Something cool that I, that I, that I saw in here, um, in that God created each and every one of you with intentionality, and I want each of you to look at me when I say this, everybody to look at me when I say this, is that you are not a mistake, that you guys are not here on accident, and I'm not just talking about youth group, I'm talking about here on this earth. You are not a mistake, you are not an accident. You are not unwanted. No matter what clouds your mind, no matter you are not unwanted. In dark moments, each and every one of you are not an accident. You are not unwanted. You are created with intentionality. Even more, get this, even more than the planets, the stars, the seed-bearing plants. Everybody sit back in your chair and say, whoa. Whoa. You mean more to God. The intentionality with how he created you means more to him than the stars in the sky and the plants in the ground. You are not a mistake. Ephesians 2.10, I'm going to read this to you guys, says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. That means he has a plan. That means he has a purpose for your life. That means all of the above. You are not here by accident. You are not a mistake. You are wanted here on earth. Guys, something really cool that I realized in Genesis 1, which I'll say to you guys now, is that this obviously revealed God's heart and intentionality in creating us. Not only creating us, but in general, it shows his heart and intentionality in creating something new in us and for us and with us and through us. There are so many things in here that shows that God's heart and intentionality is shown in how he creates for us. And his practice of creating did not stop at creation. When he created the world, he didn't just all of a sudden stop creating because you wouldn't be here. <laughs> he didn't say, oh, that's good and bye, I'm leaving. No, he is constantly creating. So do you guys remember when you maybe got Play-Doh for the first time? I'm using a lot of Play-Doh analogies tonight, you guys. I want you to follow with me. Follow with me, Play-Doh. And you guys made something with Play-Doh, and you said it was good. <laughs> you said, this is good. Whatever this is, it's a masterpiece. I once created a, a literal donkey. I was like a junior in high school. most beautiful thing I'd ever worked on. I was working children's church. I was like a junior in high school, and I was like, dang, this looks good. I left for five seconds, and my little brother, Ryder, if you guys know Ryder, uh, he goes, ah, yeah. He's not so little anymore. He's six foot three, and he's 23 years old as of tomorrow. And he, yeah, yeah, happy birthday, Ryder. He's not dead. He's still here. Um, but Ryder came in while I was gone, and I walked back in, and he had somehow moved the tail up, got an extra Play-Doh in little clumps, and rode out with the Play-Doh poop. And he made my donkey poop on the table, and I said, this is better than what I created to begin with. <laughs> I took a picture of it. I think I have a picture of it somewhere. I don't have it up here. I should have. I didn't think of that story until just now. So I, wanted to, I want you guys to, to, to even look at that, that funny picture of the, the pooping donkey. And just say, when I was creating it, and I was done creating it, I thought I was done, and then Ryder came in and made something new. <laughs> he continued creating with the Play-Doh. Maybe you guys have tried uh, baking something. Maybe you guys are bakers. Maybe you guys are, are cooks. Maybe you guys just build things, and you guys are, are builders and carpenters and car guys. Car guys in the house. Cooper. Um, yeah. Did you guys stop creating? Did you stop working after you made something good? If you baked a real good pan of cookies, did you say, this is how I go out? <laughs> this is the last batch of cookies I ever make till the day I die because I never want to mess up ever again. This is it. This is where I land. You made that thing with Play-Doh and you said, I'm never touching any Play-Doh ever again. This is it for me. No! You guys kept creating. You kept making things. I'm going to read this and everybody look at me. Because you guys be chatty over here, all you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up in the, in the house. Isaiah 43, 19. Because that's where we are. Isaiah 43, 19. Say Isaiah 43, 19. Good. <laughs> Isaiah 43, 19. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, I am doing 
a new thing. And I believe that that's what God wanted to say to each and every one of you over your new year, is that he wants to do a new thing in each and every one of you. That he's not done creating. He's not done giving new opportunities. He's not done molding you and shaping you into the person that he wants you to be. He says, I am doing something new. The things that maybe you didn't see were possible, he's going to make possible. The things that you are, are, are struggling with, he's going to remove those struggles, if anything, help you to get through them. God doesn't always remove obstacles, but sometimes he equips us and brings us people along the ride so that ultimately we become the people that we are always meant to be. God grows us in that way. He loves doing new things in us. Why? Why do you love, or I just gave it away. That was my rewind. Why do you bake? Why do you play with Play-Doh? Why do you play Minecraft? Why do you build cars? Why do you do anything that you do as a hobby, as something that, that brings creativity? Possibly because you love it. Because why not, as he says, as DJ says. Morgan, can you grab my charger out of my backpack? I gotta plug this guy in. God loves you. God loves each and every one of you in the room. And whether or not you walked in here believing that, it's the truth. And so I really felt like God wanted me to tell each and every one of you that as well tonight. That even the so, so much. And beyond even the what I've just said, we can go into the gospel. We could talk about Jesus dying on the cross for you. We could talk about his resurrection. We could talk about so many things. But tonight, I really felt like God wanted me to focus on his intentionality in creating you because he loves you so much. Romans 8, which we went through as a small group for like the last <laughs> eight weeks before the end of the new year, we read a lot about God and how much he loves us. And I'm going to read a, a scripture from there. It says, And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. That's how intense his love is for you. And if you love something, don't we want that something to thrive? Don't we want it to succeed, to grow? I just want you guys to even think about the things that you love. And it could be something as silly as maybe you're, you're, a, you're a plant mom. <laughs> and you love your plants and you want them to grow. I'm a plant mom in the room. Um, and I want to see my plants succeed and thrive. Maybe you guys have pets that you love. And you take care of your pet. And you want your pet to grow and you want it to thrive. You want it to live well. Maybe you have no, uh, none of those things, but maybe you're one of those people that has a Webkin still, <laughs> or a Club Penguin. Yes. That was from, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at least my childhood. Nintendogs, anybody? Just <laughs> Michael's like, yeah. Those are those things that you have to, like, electronically make sure that they're alive and, like, go back and feed them, or your, your Tamagotchi would die, and you'd have to throw it all away. I'm talking about things from early 2000s. I'm so sorry. Some of you guys were not alive. Anyways, <laughs> we always want to see things that we love thrive and grow and succeed. And that is the same reason that God loves you and wants to sow and say, all right, 
That love didn't stop once you were created. He didn't just make you and say, all right, I'm done now. He didn't make the world in that same way, so why would he have made you in that same way? No, he's continually doing new things on this earth, and he continually wants to do new things in each and every person in this room. And maybe that's scary for you. Like, I don't know if that's like a thing that you guys would even want to admit or maybe you've even thought about, but if God does something new for you or new in you or asks you to do something new, sometimes that can be scary. Like, sometimes those things don't come easy. They don't come comfortable. They don't, they don't always make us feel super at ease, but at the same time, you come out better because of it. Or you come out stronger or you come out knowing more. You come out closer to God and, and, you, and you grow in a way that you never saw possible, but God saw it was possible. And he made that thing happen for you because he loves you. When I moved to Virginia and sat in that weird school, weird school, <laughs> the public school system, and I experienced a weird, scary day on my first day, when I went into middle school for the first time, sixth graders, maybe you know what I mean, it's freaking, it's, it's crazy. You're like, lockers, hallways, people that are taller than me. Freshmen, you went into high school this year and you're like, wait, we don't use our lockers anymore. <laughs> and people that are bigger and they're taller than me. And, and everybody's scary. I don't know what it is. Maybe when you, it's true, people be short. Amen? Just kidding. <laughs> what? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a new sport, an opportunity that way. Maybe when you went to a new church, you went to a new youth group, you met a new friend. When you experience challenges spiritually, but then you come out better because of it, maybe you learned new things about God that were unfamiliar, but somehow you're about to go to a new and, and brought you into a new place with him, maybe you're about to go to a new place and share God's message, and that is frightening to you. But all of those are good things. And they're going to benefit you in ways that you don't see coming. I could have never seen coming everything that's happened in my life when I moved to Virginia for the first time, when I went to middle school, when I went to high school, when I went to, to a college that I wasn't expecting to go to, when I moved to California for three years, and then when I was asked to move back here. Like, I, you never see what God's doing when he's doing new things, but that's because they're new and they're unfamiliar, and you don't see the end result, but God does, and that's what you can trust. You can look back at his creation, the story of how created the stars and the seed-bearing plants. Say, whoa. Whoa. And you can see that he said it was good, and he wants to continue doing good, new things in each and every person in this room. Scripture says he's for you, not against you. So in the new things, realize that it could be a moment of refining. You could be growing and being molded in ways that you didn't see coming. Don't resist because the devil wants you to resist the new things God is doing because he knows that he, it could limit you. Instead, say yes, seek God, seek the answers that he wants to give you, and you will see yourself grow in ways that you could never have expected. And some of you guys might be sitting here and be like, that's great that God's doing a new thing. But Pastor Sky, how could I find out what it is that God's doing for me? How do I, how do I know? How do I know what it is that, 
that, that God's doing, I'm going to tell you, there are so many ways <laughs> to find out what God's doing. Perhaps it's a prophetic word and someone speaks over you. Perhaps you read something in your Bible that just stands out to you, that, that feels like it's earth-shattering and opportunities given to you that you didn't expect, and now you're doing But I'm going to tell you guys that one specific things are going like, whoa, 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 but then you're like, this is good. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you guys that one specific way that as a group, as Harvest Youth, we will be partaking in until the end of the month. How can we find out what God is doing for us and in us? My answer is by reciprocating the same intentionality that God gives to you. God is so intentional with each and every person in this room, and some of us do not give him the time of day. But he still loves you. He still seeks after you. He's still doing new things, whether you realize it or not, whether you give him the attention that he so deserves. And so my challenge to this group is to reciprocate the same intentionality that God has given to us. And the way that we're going to go about that is a thing called fasting. Can you guys say fasting? Fasting. What is fasting? I'm not asking as a question. I'm going to tell you. What is fasting? Fasting is a spiritual discipline that's taught in the Bible, and I'm not going to discount you guys because you are younger. I'm not going to say that you guys shouldn't do this because you're not over 18. <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. You guys can do this in the same way that adults do because you deserve to have the same relationship and the same intentionality with God that adults do, that do fasting. Fasting is a spiritual discipline taught in the Bible. Jesus expected his followers to fast, and fasting according to the Bible, I'll say this, does mean to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food for a specific time and purpose. I say this not fully expecting every single person in this room to do fasting that way. And the reason I say that is because maybe you have health reasons that you can't do that. Perhaps that is not something that you even really feel comfortable doing right now because you don't, didn't know until fasting until this moment. And you're like, I don't know how to, what's happening. I am not putting that expectation on you guys. I would encourage you, consider yourself more spiritually mature. You have walked with God for a long time. I would encourage you to try this out. It's intense. It's crazy. It's wild. And you feel so deprived. And why would you ever put yourself into this situation? You're like, Sky, I don't get it. Why would I ever deprive myself of food, of eating? I don't know. I will tell you. One, fasting demonstrates the depth of your desire when praying for something. It comes to a place where you give up something that you love so much, and it increases your dependency on God in a way that you've never experienced before. And so I want to add that though you might not fast food or you might not fast all food or just some food, whatever that is, perhaps you fast from something that takes your attention away from God. Some of you guys immediately know off the top of your head, TikTok. <laughs> some of you guys immediately know Instagram. Some of you guys know the TV show that you've been binging for Lord knows how long and you haven't looked up from it in days. You haven't showered in a while. Whatever it is, you know what that is that is taking your time and your attention away from the Lord. You've known it for a while. Maybe you've felt challenged in the past to give up TikTok, give up Instagram, give up TV, give up this food item that just is like, 
got you hooked. Maybe you're just addicted to chocolate and you're like, maybe I should give away chocolate because it's just, I'm so dependent on it. It shows that you're serious enough about your prayer request that you would pay a personal price in the same way that God paid a price for you with his son Jesus. And so in this moment of fasting, which we are going to do for, it's called a 21-day fast, so we're going to do it to the end of the year. I don't know if that fully matches up, but we'll start tomorrow. End of the month. End of the year. All year. 365 days of no food. (laughs) And so if you guys have had a lot of your time spent doing that thing or watching that thing or eating, (laughs) I don't know, it gives you more time for prayer. You can give up that time to, to be in prayer for God, what God wants you to do. And so perhaps that is to find out what his purpose and his plan is for you in this year. Maybe it's a prayer for somebody. If you know somebody that's, that's not walking with God, maybe you fast for them. Maybe you do fast for yourself. Maybe whatever it is, I'm just giving you guys lots of examples here. So I hope you're at least taking a mental note of this. The Bible, fasting is always connected with prayer. And I can give you so many scriptures on this, but tonight I am not trying to go super long. The last thing, fasting releases God's supernatural power. In the Bible, you guys would be literally, like, shocked at the amount of things that happened because of prayer and fasting. Like, genuinely shocked at the things that come out of fasting while you are praying. It's just a place where you come to such intentionality with God that things happen because of it. You're so earnest about praying for that thing, praying for your year, praying for yourself, your family, whatever it is, that those things happen. If some of you guys have have had sin that's just been bogging you down, fast about it. If you guys have, have had friendships that have been falling apart, fast about it. If you've moved to a new place, you're uncomfortable, fast about it. If you're looking for new friendships, if you're looking for new God opportunities, if you're scared for something, if you're hopeful for something, if you've been wanting something good from God, fast about it. Pray about it. If anything, just give it up to the end of this month and just see how much time you spend with God versus how much you did before. Just like as a personal test, just try it out once and you guys will be amazed at just the results of your own walks with God and then seeing prayers answered. It's like a double whammy, like in a good way. <laughs> like my question for each and every one, one special when you fast. That's all I'm saying. My question for each and every one of you as I close out tonight is do you want this year to look the same as last year? Think about things that maybe you did, things that you thought, ways that, that you struggled. Think about good things. Think about bad things. Whatever it is, reflect on this past year I myself would say, I don't want to see this year be the same as last year. Why? Because I want to get closer to God. I want to grow more. I don't want to be dependent on social media. I don't want to be dependent on on TV. I don't want to be so dependent that I I lose sight of, of God. I don't want to be the same as last year. Sometimes we do the same things expecting different results. That's wild. We do the same exact things, expecting different results. God, please 
take this away from me. God, please make me better a person. God, please, whatever these prayers are. But then you go back to doing the same thing, living the same way, making the same decisions, making the same mistakes. Do you want this year to look the same as last year? Then do something different. Guys, fasting is something new, and it might be scary, but it's good. It's good for you. It will grow you in ways. And I am so excited to see all of the testimonies that come out of this month. And so what I want each and every one of you guys to do as we close today is take out your phone, take out your journal, whatever it is that you have to write notes on, and if you know immediately, based on all the things that I've said already, what it is that you need to give up, write it down. If you already know, you've already been, haven't heard that before, heard the challenge on Sunday morning, maybe not, maybe you, you haven't heard that before. Maybe you want to pray about it and you want to decide tonight and you want to make that start tomorrow. That's good. Tomorrow's when we're starting anyway, so you can take time. But if you know right off the bat what it is that you need to give up to spend more time with God this month, write it down. We'll start it tomorrow. I'm going to check in with everybody next Sunday. I'm say, how you doing? I'm going to either look at me like, yeah, or don't look at me, Pastor Sky. I've heard a challenge. I'll just tell you. And I'll tell you this, too. The Bible does say to not just go around to all your friends and be like, oh, I'm giving away, I'm giving up food for this month, and I'm suffering. See me suffer. And, oh, I'm withering away. Or, oh, I'm off Insta. Put it on my story. Guys, I'm off Insta for the month because I'm fasting. That's not what the Bible says to do. It says do it in secret. Be with me in secret. Grow with me in secret and see what happens. So you guys don't have to go around and share. Keep it to yourself. Grow in, 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 in this month. But I will share with you, since I'm your youth pastor, and I want to show you what God has told me for this year. And um, like I said, I do the same thing every year, expecting different results. So this year, God showed me something different. And so this year, um, instead of just stockpiling all the things that I think that I should fast in the first month, which is what I've done for the past couple years, I'm like off food for a couple days, and I'm off Instagram, and I only listen to Christian music, and I don't watch TV, and I feel like I'm going insane. You know, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good couple times. But this year, I really felt like I wanted to be intentional with God through the whole year. And when I said that, God said to me, then do it. So every month this year, I'll be giving up something different. So every single month this year, something else will come that I will give up so that I can spend more time with the Lord. So this year, or this month, I've given up Instagram. Another month, I'll give up TV. Another month, I'll give up, I probably won't give up food for an entire month. But I'll give up maybe, like, meat. <laughs> so, like, certain things to eat them. I'll show you the script for the Lord. Um, the Lord gave us dominion over animals to eat them. I'll show you the scripture. <laughs> so, anyways... Anyway, good answer. Let's get your scores. Okay. Um, always, I love each and every one of you. I challenge each and every one of you to live differently this year. And so I would love to hear stories of how each and every one of you grow in this month in your relationships with God by doing something different. Something new that might be scary, but something good. And seeing what your creator, who is so intentional with you, does when you are intentional with him. 
Can we pray, you guys? We'll pray together before we close out tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you love each and every person in this room. God, that your love is so deep, is so intentional, that not even the powers of hell could break and change your love for any person in this room, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and we want to be able to be intentional with you in ways that we haven't. God, we want to see new things happen. We want to grow in new ways, Lord. So I pray that you would just speak to every student in the room, that you would reveal what it is that they're going to give up for this month in order to spend more time with you, Lord. And I pray, I pray, and I believe it for them that you are going to do incredible things in and through them this year in 2023. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And everybody said amen. Amen. amen.